was Megatronics with Carol of the Bells, the uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra cover, that specific arrangement. God, I love that. That's intense. <laughs> my name is Karin Zoe Lee. You're listening to Night Ride FM, and uh, tonight is my Neon Arcadia special. I'm going to bring Benny Rose from Neon Arcadia. Uh, that'll be in about an hour, because I have so much new music for you, and uh, more Christmas songs. Um, I'm going to start us off with uh, one more Christmas tune. Just one more. I'm saving them all for next week. I'm going to have a holiday special on Tuesday the 22nd. Uh, I've got one from Eden Future. This is a song from the movie The Snowman. It's a cover called uh, Walking in the Air.
That was Eden Future with Walking in the Air. It's a cover from a song from The Snowman. Well, I feel festive. <laughs> I, I have so many holiday songs, but I'm going to save them for next week, Tuesday the 22nd. I've got a new release from Miles Matrix, and uh, he was dropping it Friday, and it's Friday where he is out in Vienna. This is a single that just came out called Brutalism. Miles Matrix with Brutalism. 
And uh, if you're listening, um, hop into the chat room, the IRC chat or the YouTube chat, Discord even. Come say hi. I'd uh, love to say hello to you. Up next. Uh, <laughs> okay. So this is a local artist, local to me. I'm in Seattle. Uh, his name is Vervum. He was industrial turned synthwave. He just came out with this uh, this EP, this two-track EP called Just Like Me. It was released on the 15th, Tuesday. And uh, of course, I'm not going to play the titular track, Just Like Me. That would be too easy. Uh, I'm going to play the other track. And the name of that track is, uh, well, if, if you're using the website, I'll, I'll let you see the metadata for yourself. This is uh, a new single from Vervum.
That was Vervom with his new single from his Just Like Me EP. Well, the metadata didn't show on the website, so I have to tell you what the title of the song was, and there's no way to pronounce it, I don't think. Okay, so it's it's 8 equal sign, equal sign, capital D, followed by three tildes. Classy. Uh, watch out for snakes thinks it's called nutted. I don't I don't know. I'm not I'm not gonna try. <laughs> I will say it looks an awful lot like the waveform. The only thing it's missing is a bunch of uh, white uh, noise at the end there. <laughs> Night Razor. Night Razor's in the chat room. And you know what? He came up with this single in October and I've been so bad. I'm such a terrible fan. I'm sorry, dude. This <laughs> this is Night Razor's single from October called Super Spreader.
that was Night Razor with Super Spreader. And uh, you should check out his, his band camp if you want more of those eerie tunes. That, yeah, it was perfect for Halloween. But you know what? I ended up playing that, that Alien Pig Boy one. <laughs> so good. And Night Razor's in the chat room, too. So uh, go bug him. Tell, him. tell him how much you loved his music. And you know who else just came out with a band camp recently? Atex. They didn't have one before. And they dropped a single today. And I have it here. This is Atex with Ultra Speed Highway.
Atex with Ultra Speed Highway. And that's just out today. So yeah, pick that up on their brand new Bandcamp page. Love it. And oh, you know, Damocles. Damocles has a new release out too. Gravity. Oh, it was a wonderful EP. Um, I listened to every song and I, I picked my favorite. This is Damocles with Astral Projection. <laughs>
That was Damocles with Astral Projection uh, from his new EP, Gravity. Pick it up. It's it's amazing. I love it. Oh, on uh, Bandcamp Day earlier this month, I picked up a new EP from Data Fatale. Now, she's a, she's a musician and singer from uh, uh, Argentina, and she's living in Barcelona now. So this is Data Fatale with Compromiso Impuesto. <laughs>
That was Compromiso Impuesto from Data Fatale. Absolutely beautiful. Pick up that New Reality EP on Bandcamp. I did. I love it. <laughs> All right. From Outland Records, we have the Future Kids. Um, they have uh, Last Summer on pre-order right now, and you can listen to one track. So I'm going to play the one track that they're going to let us hear. This is the Future Kids with Sunshine Valley.
That was the Future Kids with Sunshine Valley from Outland Records. Awesome. Love them. I can't wait for that to come out. That, that was so super chill. That's my vibe lately. Oh, you know who else is in the chat room? Jacket. Jacket. Jacket, one half of what was Tom Selica. Yeah, he did this, uh, this band camp release called Phoenix with the vocals of the lovely Maya Kamara. And uh, you can find it on Bandcamp. And it comes with the instrumental version. I don't know why you need it. She has such a beautiful voice. <laughs> this is Maya Kamara and Jacket with Phoenix.
That was my camera and jacket with Phoenix. You know, system glitches in the room, and he said, that song makes me believe in stuff. <laughs> That's no coincidence. Maya Kamara comes from the uh, Christian gospel scene. Yeah, she's uh, she's been uh, appearing in, in everybody's songs now. She's got a beautiful voice. Absolutely love her. So, there is a YouTube channel out there uh, with a guy named Jonathan Bell. He's been doing reaction shots to uh, synthwave songs. I think he's just discovering the genre, and I have like a whole list of suggestions to send him. But through him, I actually discovered this song that I had never heard before. This is an artist called Void Runner and a song called Neon Broadway.
That was Void Runner with Neon Broadway. <laughs> he just opened up a new Bandcamp page too. Check that out. You can get the single and check out Jonathan Bell's YouTube channel. You're gonna love watching his face light up as, as he learns about synthwave. It's just, it's fun. It takes you back to you know your your first tunes, Kavinsky. <laughs> okay, so I have to admit something here. I misspoke when I said that Data Fatale was from uh, Argentina and relocated to Barcelona. That wasn't her. That was Sunisis. Data Fatale's from Colombia. Sunisis is from Argentina. And uh, she sent me a submission. This is a song that she released earlier this year called City of Sirens.
That was City of Sirens by Sinesis. Absolutely beautiful. And uh, I think they linked her band camp too. Ooh, you know what? I've got a couple more songs before our Neon Arcadia System Glitch premiere. I've got, uh, I've got another premiere from you. Uh, Observer Drift is releasing a new single on New Year's Day. And it is ahead of an album, an upcoming album. And I don't think I can tell you any more than that. But uh, the new single does feature the motion epic on vocals. And this is a new track called Earth Kid.
That was Observer Drift with Earth Kid featuring the motion epic on vocals. And uh, that single drops January 1st. And of course, after that, he's going to have an album coming out. So stay tuned. All right. Aztec sent me something from Friday Night Firefight. Try saying that three times fast. I can't. I'm not going to try. <laughs> so yes, Friday Night Firefight came out with a new single called Wild Love. Friday Night Firefight with Wild Love from Aztec Records. Wonderful label. <laughs> Absolutely love them. They've got the best. All right. I am ready to bring out my guest, but I want to play for you the world premiere of Neon Arcadia's brand new single with System Glitch. This is a song called Gray.
premiere of Grey, the new single from Neon Arcadia and System Glitch. And I have here with me tonight, Benny from Neon Arcadia. Hello. Good evening. Hello. How are you? It's great to hear from you. And uh, thanks for having me again. It's We've talked for so long, but we haven't actually gotten this connection and I'm excited for it. So thank you. Yeah, this has been a long time coming. Finally. So. <laughs> I see uh, System Glitch managed to get his fingers in your music like he has been doing with just about everybody in the scene. <laughs> it's funny because I feel like a little bit of deja vu with that because if you remember um, when we first came into the scene, uh, one of our first songs was with Megan McDuffie with uh, Desire. Yeah. And that conversation mm -hmm. was, was very similar. It's like, oh, you know, Megan's gotten her hands in another collaboration. And she was, you know, the person that was collaborating with everybody, which is which is awesome. And uh, to see System Glitch, you know, falling under the same category, it's great to be, you know, part of something like that. Because they're both super talented. And, uh, you know, it was an honor to be able to work with both of them. Yeah, I love that song, Desire. I think that was the one that caught my attention when I first came into the scene and, and heard about you guys. And Thank Megan you. was doing... Yeah, she was providing voice for Moonrunner at the time, also. Yep. Yeah, she was on a lot of his songs, and even more recently, his uh, most recent album. She's on a, a bunch of tracks for that, too. And she just moved to my area, so she's mine now. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. I heard, I heard she's a homeowner. It's pretty awesome. Congrats to you, Megan, if you're listening. So, Gray. 
Cray. Nobody's heard it until until today, tonight. How did this come about? It's funny because it was uh, it was a track that I actually put together fairly quickly in kind of a vulnerable mental state earlier in the year. My uh, family pet of uh, about ten years passed away. Um, you know, right when COVID started. So it was oh, sorry. Thank you. It was it was a tough tough time and. Uh, we had a very big emotional attachment to to that cat, and uh, coincidentally, his name was Grayson. And uh, I had decided to kind of just share like what I was feeling uh, via music. And um, I did a post on Twitter at the time, and there was an instrumental short little track that I did, and I had named it Memories of Gray. Essentially, the intro that you hear from the song Gray now is is essentially that track, but I ended up deciding to go back to it. And I said, you know, I feel like this could be more. It could still pay that memory to him, but it can also be brought into light with a lot of, you know, other meanings and... Uh, I met Bobby through the scene, you know, several months ago, and I feel like we've gotten pretty close, you know, through social media, and we we talk a lot, and uh, we kept saying, you know, there's going to be a day, we got to do something together, and I happened to decide right around that time that this was a song that I wanted to do more with, and I just let him hear it, because we used to bounce ideas back and forth just to share music, and he, he really, really enjoyed it right then and there, and he's like, let's do it, so... You know, he, he jumped in and, you know, he asked for inspiration. I kind of gave him my thoughts and we, like I said, we elaborated a little more on, you know, how we can make it relatable to, you know, not just me, you know, and to other people. So the song really does deal with loss and that moment of vulnerability of, you know, when you get that news and when something devastating to you happens uh, sometimes you feel numb. Sometimes the world just goes blank. And in a lot of cases, everything goes gray. You know, we tied to, we tied it to a relationship because that's something that a lot of people can relate to. That kind of that moment of somebody pulling your heart out of your chest. And it's almost like they take the color and the life out of you. And uh, it's just the, self, the song is kind of self-reflecting those feelings. Yeah, I feel like knowing the true origin, though, I mean, it can hit deeper for, for some people. Yeah, I'm hoping that it has, you know, some type of emotional attachment to people because especially in the year 2020, we've all had some form of loss, um, some greater than others, but it's something that we can all relate to. And we come to a point in life where we have to unify with the things we have in common. And you know me better than most in the scene. And I'm all about trying to be positive and trying to see the bright side of things. But, uh, you know, the song is just the humble reality of an emotion that a lot of us can feel and go through. It's okay to, to have these feelings and there's better ways to deal with these uh, negative emotions. And, you know, we're at the end of the year. The year's not really any better. We have to try to count our blessings, you know there are people out there that are not as fortunate as as others and it's hard to say that when you can't relate to other people but at the end of the day i have to think about myself and how i can be a support system for everyone else and for me i'm very fortunate that i have my health my family's health and we're getting through it so you know our music is one way that we try to give back and uh you know i know relatability is one way that people fall in love with music and i'm hoping that the song resonates with people in that way i, I think it has I really do. Thank you. So you've got another one coming next year then? So yeah, right now the the release date is uh, set for mid-January for Grey um, on all 
uh, digital platforms, but we are already finishing up uh, the final touches on our next single after that, which will be pretty much a non-collab. Um, Tom will be back on vocals. Really excited about that track too. Um, that's a track that we actually teased um, maybe a couple months ago via a trailer kind of teaser with um, Bill, our drummer, uh, playing a drum track to uh, kind of like a sax solo with a little bit of double bass and just kind of going out of the norm as we try to usually do. And the song is going to definitely, I would say, be our heaviest that we've done yet. It's going to have guitars, heavy guitars. It's going to have saxophone. It's going to have double bass. It's going to have tons of uh, harmonies and lots of heart. And I can't wait to get it out there for people to hear. So stay tuned. Ooh, are you going to let me premiere it? We can see. We can see. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta, we gotta pick that date first, because uh, you know it's one of those things. It's I don't want to get my hopes up, and then you know we have to delay things. But uh, it's looking promising um, right now. Like uh, for some people that are familiar, like I have kind of taken a step away from doing the mixing side of things because I know where my knowledge is. So I have a very good support system, and we have a great engineer that is uh, doing the song for us. And you definitely know him from the scene. He, he used to go by AC Sinclair. Um, I'm sure you remember him from our AC okay. Lover cover. Uh, he goes by the name Natives now. Um, so we're, we're very honored to have him uh, being our mix engineer for this song. He was actually the same engineer that did Chemicals. So I know a lot of people, um, a lot of our newer fans learned to like us from that song. So from us, for our point of view now, it's the sky is above. And then, you know, we got to stick with that's the, the goal. We can't do any less than that. Hoping to have more news in the coming weeks. And you will definitely be one of the first to hear. Promise. I, I will fight Dennis and Julian for the premiere. <laughs> I knew that. I knew that was coming. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I mean, I, I, I love the, the passion that you've always had for for the band and i can't thank you enough because at the end of the day we we haven't been around that long but it feels like we have been you know we're going on uh almost three years we've been at it there's only so many people that have the heart and the passion that you have karen if you remember when i started doing my thank you tuesdays you were one of the first and I still feel that way and you've been doing an outstanding job in the scene and I may not be able to listen to all your episodes, but when I do, I know it's quality. So keep up the great work and if I can make anything helping on my end to uh, put a smile on your face, I'll definitely do that. Oh, Benny, you're the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're too kind. I, I try to stay positive. You know, I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm not a musician. I'm not trying to get hurt. I'm trying to get other people hurt. It's really, I, I can't you know, thank you enough for it because there's not enough soldiers out there that have the passion that you do. And it goes longer than most people think. You know, we live in this world where it's harder than ever to, to get noticed as a musician. And uh, theoretically, you would think it'd be easier with everybody being home. But because of that, the, the music has been saturated. You know, more people are be becoming creative. So there's a, there's a plus and a negative to it, obviously. And I try not to look at it in, in a negative way. Now, sometimes you might have too much content when you when you want to be heard. You know, word of mouth is one of those things that has not changed over the years. It's just more in a digital sense now, and it's more valuable than it's ever been now, I would say, especially in our scene. I think that we're growing as a synthwave community more and more daily. 
and uh, it's it's really great to see. But it's harder, you know, for for people that have been at it for a while, even people longer than us. And you know, we do it because we love to. And it's a it's, a, it's literally this has always been a passion project. So we do it because we want to. We do it because it just comes from the heart. And if we get one person to like us, then we beyond did our job. That's a great way to to look at it. It's the only way to operate, I think. And in a band with four people, you know, you've had this creative harmony for so many years. That's great. If you got that, keep that, keep it strong. Agreed. No, thank you. It's, it's no easy feat, especially, you know, with some of us having, you know, we are, uh, you know, states apart in some cases, but the digital era has definitely made it much more uh, realistic to, to maintain that relationship. And we're fortunate that at least three fourths of the, of the band has played together. (laughs) So um, Tom, Rich and myself were in a band before this for about eight years. We toured, we did a little bit of everything, played the local scenes in New York. So we have that that chemistry and that history. And uh, Bill was in, in the same music scene. So, you know, we've all kind of come from that same cloth in a sense. The funny part, I think I've mentioned it to you before, but we've never really said it publicly. So it's a funny thing that there are four members of the band and I'm the only one that has met everybody in the band at least once in person, if you can, if you can believe that. Oh, wow.
So I gotta ask, yeah, there are so many of you in the band, but you've done so many collabs too. So why do you guys feel like you need even more brains on more hands in your in your music? I love it. It's just <laughs> it's to work with, you know. It's a really good question. I'll be honest with you, and uh, it's it's something that's been asked a lot. And the the realistic view is, if you remember when we first started, we were really technically just a three piece. We we didn't even announce that we were even a three piece, believe it or not, because we kind of started with Rich and I because ultimately we were just putting out little samples, like little uh, like thirty minute teasers that we were posting stuff that wasn't even finished. Yeah, I thought it was two. I thought there was two for the longest yeah, time. Right, right. So yeah, it was, it was always kind of advertised as uh, a passion project between Rich and I. And Bill has kind of always been involved, you know, as far as from the idea from the beginning. But we didn't know where his commitment was just because we weren't finishing tracks and scheduling stuff. So it took a little bit of time. But uh, eventually Tom started uh, taking a listen to the music and... You know, from there, he was actually helping us early on with ideas, with melodies, um, co-writing stuff. So he has a lot of writing credit, even stuff that he wasn't on, like, audibly. You know, the challenge that we face with Tom is Tom is a professional singer-songwriter. So it's it's essentially his job, his career, to, to write music. So we want to do our best to give him the time that he needs to do so. Um, for the rest of us, we have other, you know, careers as our primary day-to-day. Uh, -day. But we always wanted to be able to get music out, but we knew that a lot more people preferred vocals. So that's where we kind of thought about the idea of doing the collabs and you know the first song i hired the singer on uh which was whispers but then with megan you know that was the first time that we built a relationship with somebody and kind of took it to the next level and that kind of inspired me to see what else we can do and um realizing that we can do something unique which was we took this approach of you know, if we reach out to somebody to collaborate with, let's take the time, listen to their music, get a feel for it, and maybe write something that kind of pays respect to their styles. So that way we're not asking them, you know, to go out of their comfort zone, in a sense. You know, so the, the next track that we did was Cruise, Cruise Control with uh, Tom Selica, and those guys were awesome. It was so much fun to, to write that song with them. We got them involved in a lot more ways than they expected, and we didn't know what it was going to turn out to. And that was just kind of where we saw that if we can find the right musicians that we gel with, we can have so much fun with it. So we don't want to take away from having Tom as our singer, but, uh, you know, in order for us to provide some more consistent music and accommodate, you know, what our fans want, which is vocals, we tend to kind of go back and forth between the collaborations and the uh, individual singles. So it's hard. It's very hard, but we've been very very fortunate that everybody that we've worked with has been uh, a pleasure system glitch is no exception to that rule he is an absolute blast to write with and uh i love his passion for the scene i love everything that he does he is beyond talented he's going somewhere <laughs> and i i wish nothing but the best for him and i hope that we can do more in the future if people continue to like the collaborations we we want to do them more and we encourage people to let us know who they want us to maybe even collaborate with, which would be awesome. It's, I love how the song like takes on the feel of the guest. 
chemicals with Zenon and uh, polemic heart, animal instinct. That sounded like that could have been a song that he wrote. Right. That was definitely the the intention, at least on my end, and between you know the dialogue between myself and those artists. I always want to pay respect to the artists and the music that they do. Because I feel that another thing that's important to note with our collaborations is everybody that we have done it with, you know, they're within the same scene. So we're all growing musicians. So it's one of those scenarios where there's a good chance that people that are going to hear on both sides have never heard of either musician. So what better way to get that encouragement, that enthusiasm, you know, than by another musician that has the same drive, has the same incentive, which is just to do it from the heart. When I reach out to people, I definitely, I do my homework. That's something that I feel that a lot of people don't realize. I don't just reach out and say, hey, you want to collaborate? You know, there's more to it. There's got to be a reason. There's got to be something I feel that uh, can work. Social media is a good way to uh, show off what you're capable as far as, you know, the type of individual you are, the type of musician you are. And everybody that we've worked with is so supportive of the scene and of each other. They're very selfless and it's hard to find uh, in musicians nowadays. There's a lot of constant, you know, promoting blasts and I get it. Some people have to be aggressive and it doesn't work for everybody. When you, when you take the time and you're putting your love for other people, when you're in the same game, you know, and realistically, you know, there's not necessarily a perk in it for you to kind of promote someone else, even if you're not doing their music that shows that's coming from the heart. And that says a lot for me. I love the artists that you've worked with. Well, I know you've always had a special place in your heart for, for Polemic Heart. You know, we've we've definitely talked about that for years. <laughs> He's an awesome, I love him. He's an awesome person. Yeah, definitely. You know, I might have a little bit of news for you if you'd like to get another exclusive. <laughs> news? Yes, of course we want a Neon Arcadia exclusive. So we have uh, a little EP in the works. Uh, it's been going on for about a couple months or so. There's not a release date at the moment, but I think just since we are at the end of the year, we're definitely going to look at an early 2021, but we have a remix uh, EP coming and we went with a very unique approach with this. Uh, It's not something I've seen done. So what we did was we asked the artists that we collaborated with, coincidentally, as we're speaking about that. So there are going to be some of the earlier singles that we've released where we've asked the collaborating artists to remix the song. So you're going to hear songs like Polemic Heart's Animal Instinct being remixed by Polemic Heart. You're going to hear Cruise Control being remixed by Jacket, um, since we know Tom Selica uh, is no longer together. Um, if for those that don't know, Jacket is one half, essentially, of uh, Tom Selica. You're going to get that essence in that remix. This Future is going to be done by the one and only uh, Pretty Glass Folk. And the bonus, this is the one that a lot of people aren't expecting. We had a little horror instrumental that we did uh, last Halloween called Crimson Staircase. There's no collaboration on that, but... The song was heavily inspired by someone in the scene, and uh, I asked if they'd be interested in a remix, in which they proudly accepted, which really made me happy. So I'm happy to announce that Crimson Staircase is going to have its remix done by the one and only Alpha Chromia Yo. Oh my god, really? Awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I was beside myself when he uh, accepted to do it, so 
that's all um, being finalized and we're working on artwork. And once we get all the logistics done, we will have that slated for early next year. And you will get your choice of any song you'd like to premiere on that EP. Sweet. That'll be fun. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Really excited to get that out there. Yeah, it's, it's something different. You know, I feel that a lot of remixes are done and I'm not sure what goes into picking artists other than, you know, hey, if it's if it's done well and you know that people have the history with remixes, um, then you work with them. I thought that this would be a good way to kind of bring back, you know, that collaborative effort that we did and empower the, the artists that put so much heart into those songs and give them a chance to kind of do it their own way. Yeah, that's a great idea. I can't wait to hear that. Awesome. Yeah, I'll I'll get it over to you as soon as it's done. The two singles coming out next year, um, Grey and then the one that you're working on now, are those leading up to their own EP? As of right now, we don't have any plans for like an original uh, EP, um, just because time constraints make it a little tough to, to plan it the way we would like to. I think we might stick with some singles for for some time. That doesn't mean that the efforts can not change because obviously if we get to a point where we feel it might be beneficial, by all means, um, that's definitely something we would definitely do. We have talked about putting together maybe an EP that's instrumental because we haven't done that yet. Uh, So that's something that could come uh, sometime next year. Nothing's final though. But um, as far as like a follow-up to this future, nothing's set in stone at the moment. That's fine. Uh, Take your time by all means. I never understand why anyone rushes themselves, like holds themselves to a deadline. Don't don't do that if you're not ready. It's tough when you're in that scenario because I mean I pushed myself really hard with uh, with the first EP. You know that was that was out of love and that's something that was kind of a childhood dream because to be able to release your own music on cassette is literally something I had as a, a dream as a kid and there was a lot of push for that. As we did it, it just evolved into so much more and. Uh, a lot of people really gravitated towards that EP because there was just a lot of diversity. There was a lot more of Tom uh, on that EP. You know, the majority of the songs were him. Um, there's there's a lot more to come. Um, there is actually going to be a digital release of the this future EP. Um, we had released limited CDs on our Bandcamp that actually had exclusive tracks on it, but it was only available physical. So sometime next year, we'll have that release digital which will include the entire EP, the instrumentals, which we have not yet released. Um, and it'll also include chemicals and chemicals uh, instrumental. So again, there's a lot of stuff coming. <laughs> it's it's hard for me to schedule it all out because I know people want it and uh, I don't want to give too much at one time because people won't know what to do with themselves. Was it in the cassette too or just a CD? Um, right now the CD is uh, the only media available for the deluxe. Ah, okay, because I got the uh, I got the This Future cassette in my hand right now. I'm looking. It's yes, got six tracks. Yeah, so believe it or not, the the CD we did a very small, small run of them because I haven't been as active on social media, just with work and everything. I didn't promote it as much. I feel like a lot of people don't realize it's out there. We've only sold four, maybe five, um, but it's on there. Really, really inexpensive. There's some dedications in there. Uh, certain people's names may be in there. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it's really cool that we have the instrumentals in some form, but they will be available digital uh, sometime next year. You know, we know people don't really buy CDs, but we wanted to kind of just do something different. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm one of those people. I got the cassette. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I know. I remember you were you and Jules were fighting for that first spot. <laughs> Crazy band camp day. Did he get that or did I get that? I don't even I think he got it, unfortunately. Because <laughs> I remember you guys were messaging me back and forth. It was pretty funny. He's like, <laughs> I can't get in. I can't get in. I got in. <laughs> but then like the last couple months, we've all been winding down. Like, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. I can't do this every month. Every month. Right. Yeah, it's 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 tough. But, you know, I think everybody knows where your hearts are. And I think that's what matters the most, truthfully.
it's 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 all about embracing the music. That's really what it needs to be. We've always been in that scenario where we we question, you know, are we are we synthwave? You know, like people have kind of put us in that position, and we've we've accepted it, and we're very happy to be part of the community. But you know, when we listen back, you know, it's do we fall under that criteria? I don't think we do, but I think the the passion and the love of our music is what people listen to, and they know that you know we have influences that fall under those categories. You don't necessarily have to write a certain way. If you have that nostalgia feel to it, I think it did its job. You know, I think that's kind of the core of what it can be. And with a name like Neon Arcadia, you'll never lose the attention. This is true. This is too true. Who came up with that? It was a collaborative effort with uh, Rich and I, because originally it was actually this whole project was just me and uh, I was going to be going as the Arcadian and that I saw was taken and uh, Rich started kind of jumping in with ideas early on and I said, all right, then we need to do this together. And, you know, we, we liked the name Arcadian. We even considered finding a way to keep that. But then I, I talked about it being an important aspect of being a collective you know, and it being about more than one person. And I always thought about, you know, Arcadia and how it being, you know, a city of new, new things. And, you know, you can use your own imagination to that. And we kind of played around with different words and neon was just one of those things that kind of felt right. And most of the research we did, there wasn't anything like it other than like a YouTube video for like some trance music that was i think maybe even the song name and then funny enough six months later a cover band came into existence and actually bought the domain the day before i was gonna buy it Uh so that's also another reason why we focus on like with the handles we are the neon arcadia kind of just be consistent across the board okay the name stuck and i'm very grateful for it because it uh it has a lot of meaning so you haven't all met you've met three of you have met so I live close to two of the band members, which is Rich and Bill. We live literally 20 minutes apart. The two of them have not met yet in person. <laughs> I have I have met everybody because uh, my drummer actually sold me my house, funny enough. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's funny because I made a deal with him. I said, uh, okay, we'll buy the house, but you got you to gotta start a band with me. He's like, all right, deal. <laughs> so that, that was the easiest way to get a drummer. I, I never thought in my life, especially as, as talented as he is. I was like, this guy's not going to play music with me. Get out of here. Did you meet him as a musician or as a real estate agent? Well, believe it or not, he is... Um, we try not to go into too much detail. We like to keep him as a mystery. But for the most part, he is an established musician in the world. And uh, he happens to be one of my favorite drummers like of all time, of like the last... 15, 20 years. So I was a fan of his before I even knew him. And then I happened to meet him in the music scene. Uh, we, we ended up, my band played a show with his band at the time. And we met briefly. Yeah, just as a drummer. Because I, I, I don't know if you know that I'm actually a drummer too. Like I, most of the bands I've played in in my life, I play drums. I didn't know that. No. Yeah. So like the band with, with Rich and Tom, I play drums in that band. I've played drums more than half my life i was tired of playing drums (laughs) i was always there was always uh, a piece of my heart that wanted to do keyboards and i've done it in other bands as like add-on stuff but i was never able to really be full-time keyboard player or anything like that so the idea of having someone else play drums 
has only I've only done it one other time, and it was when I played uh, guitar in a uh, in a heavy band uh, back in like two thousand and nine. It was it it was a different different change of pace, but knowing the type of writer he was, I was like that's that's what I need. I need somebody that gets it that I don't have to kind of write for them. It's hard to not write drums, you know, being that drummer mentality. But uh, I tend to write a lot of like the baseline stuff when we're kind of laying the song ground and then bill just takes it to a whole other level which is awesome so it just puts me at ease yeah so bill has not met tom or rich in person and we've actually only had one video chat with the four of us and it wasn't longer than five minutes because schedules did not work so it's our relationship is uh exclusively to text message between the four of us it's hilarious but we get it but we get it done we find a way we get it done at some point, I'm supposed to ask you about live performances, or, or in our case now, live streams, but you can't even get the four of you on a Zoom call. Right? So <laughs> there, there's stuff that we're, we're trying to figure out. You know, uh, we would like to do some form of video content, obviously. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not one of those video editors that has a lot of exposure to editing, getting videos together, but I have the ambition to know that if we can do something cool, the people will dig it. So, you know, we've been trying to at least do the videos with Bill because we know people don't realize that we have a real drummer. You know, synthwave, it's not common. So we do that to kind of show that diversity because I feel like that's a big thing that people should know about us. That's one of our biggest differentiators that, you know, we we do we do program drums on from time to time, but we program it with the mindset of a drummer. So like a lot of times we're playing those ideas, whether it's me playing playing it on an electric kit and then it's translating to Bill doing it on a kit as well. The idea is we are a real band, as, as real as you can get. We're just limited by the geology, the, the bandwidth of scheduling and stuff like that. In a perfect world, I'd love to do like with what a lot of the bands have done, you know, when they do like the live streaming concerts and they kind of pre-compose something. I, I think that if we can get our heads together i see us doing something maybe next year that would be awesome i'd love to see like if if all four of you were available that would be cool i think it would blow my mind i mean i i don't know if i can get through it because i would be like this is not real (laughs) but it's it's a good goal to uh to shoot for so i gotta ask uh you've been through some instrument changes throughout your life has um has that changed your songwriting process at all uh, for me, it's tough because I play a lot of instruments, but I've always, my writing style has been one or the other. It's either I'm writing kind of on my own or I'm writing it with collectively with a band. There's never really been, you know, it doesn't matter what instrument I'm on, it's it's the environment I'm in. So in most cases, I was in a band. Usually that would just kind of go together with working with all right, this person has this idea, this person has an idea, let's see what you can do with it. And we would bounce off ideas from there. As a drummer, I was usually like maybe the second idea that would come in, like a guitar riff would usually come into play, start writing a beat, and then we would start breaking down parts. When I played guitar, I actually wrote a lot of the basic core foundations of most of the songs. So I would write a lot of the guitar ideas i'd kind of put the tempo in place and you know i'd have like the the ideas planted and then the band would take it to that next level anytime i did stuff with keyboards which i've technically done for 
over 20 years, but it's always been like on the side. Or if we had a band, oh, we need an intro. I'd write the intro and then we put it in a sampler, you know, for a live show. But it's like, I wrote that intro. Like that's the extent a lot of my instrumental stuff got out there. Early, early on when I was younger, um, I had some experience with writing some instrumental stuff that got licensed in Japan for a short while but didn't get paid much. It was just an experience kind of thing. And uh, that was where I got that niche to wanna like, I wanna do stuff on a keyboard more. And unfortunately there was a big gap from when that happened to now. And it really took Rich um, being a big inspiration for why Neon Arcade exists because he used to push me with our last band. He's like, you know, we were going into this digital age and I use my garage band on my phone and we can do so much, you know, on our free time. And if it wasn't for Rich in pushing me to try GarageBand on my phone, this would not exist. Thank you to Rich because he pushed me and he, he really inspired me to start doing this because Neon Arcadia started with me on a two-hour work commute every day from New Jersey to New York City writing a song a day. I was literally composing instrumental songs back and forth from work on my phone. And that's that's how the earlier parts of Neon Arcadia was started. Memory Lane was written on one two-hour ride. So it's just, okay. you know, there's, yeah, it's a lot of weird inspiration. There's not really a formula. A lot of times I'll think of a melody that I hear in my head. I'll play around with it with different tempos, different sounds, and then I just take it from there. And sometimes I just, I kind of just roll with it. I don't write anything down. Everything is in the head. I sit until I feel like I've made progress. And that's usually how our stuff comes to play as far as the stuff that I start. I like it. Thank you. I just want to thank everybody for supporting you, Night Ride FM. You guys have been at it. You've been consistent with it. And uh, we can't thank you for the support. You know, you've given us for the last two and a half, three years. Thank you from the bottom of our heart. You know, I speak for not only myself, but everybody in the band. We can't thank you enough for uh, just being there for us and letting us do something that we love and it actually be more than that. So thank you. Keep doing all that you're doing. And I look forward to getting more music out there. Oh, Benny, thank you. What song should we play out with? I think you should play your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's hear your collab with... Zenon, this is Neon Arcadia and Zenon with Chemicals. And thank you for being here, Benny. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a good night. Thank you. Some